Philosophy Friday. Uh, just one more day to the weekend. We can do it. Let's go. Okay, so Friday, and um, I've just got a um, a second here to uh, record something, and wanted to just put something. I mean, we're we're on um, uh, the subject of philosophy. Usually, I'm hanging out with Nick on Friday, but uh, he is otherwise um, uh, predisposed or accounted for this Friday. So I thought, let me take the opportunity to. Um, speak quickly about uh, just a matter that's been buzzing through my brain and it just kind of and it it's a matter of philosophy it's a matter of thinking it's a matter of I suppose it sort of bridges into the realm of science and all that sort of thing but it definitely fits into this category of philosophy Friday somehow and it also has a bit of a Kleinian edge to it here's what I'm talking about I don't know if you've ever seen um, the or heard Joe Rogan I'm sure you have if you haven't you've probably been living in a cave but uh, Joe Rogan commentator um he was the Fear Factor host guy. He's the UFC commentator guy. So yeah, I'm probably talking to you for no reason on that. Everyone knows who Joe Rogan is, but you might, uh, you might or might not listen to his podcast. Um, they are, I mean, wow, they are long uh, shows. Every episode are like, you know, wow, it's hitting two hours, three hours. But he has some very, very interesting guests on. Uh, I do really enjoy his podcast as well, or his shows, the Joe Rogan Show, Joe Rogan Experience. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, a bit heavy on the, you know, I mean, he's like, he just gets a bit weird every now and again. But And so some of the shows I just give up on. But every now and again, he has a guest that interests me. And just a, he's just a great um, conversationalist and a very interesting um, uh, way of sort of probing his guests. So anyways, um, I uh, very much appreciate that show, but watch with course and, and discernment, of course. Um one of the guys he's had on recently is Brian Cox, the physicist you may or may not have heard of. Um, he is, uh, man, he's a clever dude. There's no doubt about that. Um, and so I'll just quick up, uh, pull up a quick uh, Wikipedia here for you. Um, he got his uh, PhD in high energy particle physics. <laughs> uh huh. And. Um, Man, his thesis, just looking at this, his thesis is double diffraction dissociation at large momentum transfer. Boom. So he's got something to say, and apparently he's just one of these, um, you know, public intellectuals that talks a lot, broadcasts and sort of runs these shows, almost like a um, a Jordan Peterson thing, uh, except obviously more on the physicist side and, and cosmology and that sort of thing. Anyways, bottom line, he has this uh, conversation with with Joe Rogan, and if you know anything about Joe Rogan, you'll know he kind of buzzes out with some pretty trippy ideas himself. Um, and they're just sort of thinking a little bit about science and the possibility of God in one of the clips. So go check it out if you are interested. Um, in fact, you probably can see just the clip on its own if you go into one of the YouTube channels. But what I was going to say about that is that it's very, very interesting to me that you see uh, an obviously very, very clever guy. Uh, and I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I think Joe Rogan's quite clever as well, but uh, I think primarily now of uh, Brian Cox. And he's, uh, you know, he made the statement that we could just rule out the possibility of there being a soul or anything outside of that which we know exists, you know, in the body. And uh, he is uh, convinced that you know, in terms of the, the way that they have searched for anything beyond um, 
the, the physics that is evident to all. Uh, in other words, they've, they've looked for anything that would interact with matter. Uh, I think he called it a... Um, uh, something a fifth dimension or fifth realm or something, uh, just anything. They're just looking for anything. They're always looking for anything. They always have been any kind of anything that will interact with the body and interact with the brain that that perhaps has not been accounted for already, and so perhaps illustrates something of a soul that man has or something like that. Uh, now, obviously, as I'm talking, I know nothing about this, and, and uh, I wouldn't want to play chess with this guy, and I wouldn't want to um, go on any sort of a f- a physics debate with him. But that's not really where I'm going. What I what I want to talk about is just a, a false assumption that I think he's made, and that he said uh, we can rule out any possibility of a soul or spirituality or anything. And any sort of theology and any religion needs to fall within the realm of understanding what we now know to be true. And, and uh, he wants to rule out, again, the possibility of, of anything beyond the physical um, in terms of uh, what we might postulate. So I imagine a guy like Jordan Peterson would be exactly the kind of spirituality that he would like to see emerge. I suppose that's half the appeal with Jordan Peterson in that, you know, you have the collective consciousness of humanity being what humanity has called God or something like that. I think Brian Cox would be fine with something like that. And, you know, let, let me not say, you know, give the wrong impression. I think he's just a part of his appeal is that he's just a very, like, like Peterson, very humble, um, uh, gentle, kind of uh, not, not very antagonistic, not like a Richard Dawkins at all. And so very winsome in that way. And, um, you know, you, you, you feel like you want to hear him out. But yeah, just even so, you know, making this claim, hey, you know, I think we can absolutely rule out the possibility of a soul. Now, okay, here's, here's the thing. Um, it's just a great opportunity to explore something on Philosophy Friday and how you need to catch this stuff. Because it's not necessarily about one guy being more clever than the other guy in order to be, be able to come back at this. It's just a matter of, of understanding some basic uh, epistemology, ontology, and um, theological um, statements of the Bible, I suppose, that, that would just, it's not going to slam dunk anything, but it's going to push back on what Cox is saying, and it's going to keep you from just sliding into um, an otherwise clever, clever guy's argument, you know? Um, it, when, when God created the heavens and the earth, um, he essentially uh, created two realms, Klein argues. You've got this uh, visible, physical realm and an invisible, um, non-physical realm. And uh, sure, at the end of, you know, when the veil is removed, at the end, there will be um, there will be one, you know, the physical and the spiritual, as it were, will perhaps not have this, this veil separating it. But the whole idea um, that Klein postulates and really argues for quite vehemently right throughout his um, theology, which I think is brilliant. Uh, I love the way uh, Klein gets a little bit sci-fi with it almost. It, it sounds like a, a bit of science fiction, but it's actually just a great contemporary way to bring across the, 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 um, the understanding. He's saying there are two dimensions. Um, there's a physical dimension and a spiritual dimension that, that work alongside each other. They... Um, they move in um, parallel ways. They might even be in the same. They might occupy the same space, if that's even a thing. Um, but they are two dimensions, two different realities, two different um, maybe not realities, but um, they, they don't interact with each other because they're made of completely different things, as it were. Um, imagine in just any old sci-fi movie where you go in through the portal to another dimension. 
right? There's there's the concept right there, in that it's another place. It perhaps it runs in a parallel way, but the two don't interact with each other. Now, where am I going with all of this? Um, well, only to say that here's Cox's argument. He's saying, listen, I I know that if um, if there is a some kind of soul, it would interact with our bodies, the the movement we make in our hands, the thoughts we have, and we'd be able to pick it up. We have enough technology to know that it would exist. And if 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 it's if we're not reading it, we can pretty much rule out the possibility that it exists. And then he makes all these assumptions, like you know, he's, it's almost like he's using a um, some you know ghost story or something. Like like presumably he says the you know a ghost looks like you and sounds like you except and it's interacting with light and it you know because you can see it and um and so it, it sort of moves along with your body and i don't know where he's getting all that stuff <laughs> i mean you know he sort of set up a, a case for himself demolished that case and and uh in the process thinks he can rule out his soul i mean it's just crazy it's just amazing what a leap that is it, it reminds me a little bit of of the problem of saying well you know hey guys god is in the sky you know, and now that we've gone to the moon, we see God isn't there. He's. We thought he used to live up in space somewhere, and then we've gone to space, and we've seen that God is not there. Um, all we've seen is that God does not live in space, which people might or might not have believed. That's it. That's all you've proven with that sort of thing. Likewise with Cox's argument, uh, all that you have uh, proven is that if, uh, well, firstly, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to qualify what you're saying. You know, to the degree, I mean, you have to, uh, is he really going to make the statement that we have invented every way of detecting everything possible and therefore can rule out it? I mean, I don't know. That's crazy. You have to say with the technology we now have, if the soul is in any way something physical that interacts with matter, then uh, we should have picked it up. Um, that's a different statement, but you can't, no one's ruling anything out. You can just be, you know, at best agnostic at that point. Um and so you know, it's 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 just overstating. It's it's almost like you know, taking again the let's find God in the sky thing. Um, you'd have to have covered every you know point of the universe to even make a statement like God doesn't live in the universe somewhere. Now, no one, I don't believe that. No one believes that God lives in the universe somewhere. But but you know, you couldn't even make a statement like that. Likewise with Cox. Um, you can't even say that the ma- the soul is not um, interacting with matter because I, I don't think anyone could really have the gumption to say we've now progressed as far as we can in terms of measuring everything that could possibly interact with light and particles. And I mean, dude, I don't know anything about it, but th- that's just a logical thing. I mean, that's just impossible to, to say. Um, uh, and so I, I was surprised to hear him say that. Um, the other thing is that, and he's coming back to Klein, um, <laughs> we, we, the whole thing is that we're saying that the soul is not physical and therefore it is not going to interact with our physical self in, in, in the way that a ghost story would or something. Um, or, or, you know, your caricature ghost that sort of moves around as you move around in you or something. Um, that's not the situation anyway. Um, and so again, you've got the you can you got the God in the sky thing. You can fly around in your spaceship for all eternity. You're not going to find him in the universe because he doesn't live 
in the universe. He lived. He lives in a, a spiritual place. Or you know, when I say God lives there, you know what I mean. Uh, heaven exists. Angels exist. Christ is now seated at the right hand in a spiritual uh, place, uh, which might be in the same, in some mysterious way, same space as it were, coexisting with the physical realm and dimension. But you're not going to find it because it's not. It's not, you're not looking in the right dimension. So as obvious as that is, you know, and any anyone that's got any sense of theology on them will just go, okay, well, guys, you're not ever going to be able to prove anything with that spaceship because you just you've taken a wrong turn in your reasoning process. If if the Bible had had said um, God made one realm. Um, you know, something like that, and everything that exists exists in this realm. See if you can find him, kind of thing. Then fi- fine, you know, we're we're bound to this, uh, the the matter that we have and the, the the thing that we can see and 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 explore. But if Klein is right, which I mean, obviously at some level he is, and everyone agrees at, at the end of the day that this is true. There is not, you know, there is a, a whole realm in the creation uh, beyond. Uh, that which is apparent to our senses in this world now. And so uh, certainly if that's stated in, in, in the very first chapter of the Bible, I mean, that's setting up the paradigm. Then a scientist has to come and say, okay, we've entered into the spiritual realm. Look, we can prove it. And look, we've, we've traveled with uh, a spaceship in a different um, uh, dimension, a spiritual dimension. And look, there's still no God. Well, maybe then we could talk. You know, or, or we've entered into another dimension, a spirit, clearly spiritual dimension, and look, there's no soul. Uh, fine, that's a good. At least we're on the right track when we're thinking in that way. But the whole argument is fallacious. Maybe, maybe it it does disprove some theologies that would argue for that kind of thing, um, pantheism, panentheism, whatever. And maybe that's you know a good thing in the sense that we can now at least say certain things about that scientifically. But yeah, the sweeping statement that we can now rule out a soul is just ridiculous. Um, and so how is it possible that we see, you know, and I think what Cox would say is anytime you would see an angel or an angel would be made manifest in some way, as we often read of in the Old Testament, how would we, how would that happen if it didn't interact with light? Well, again, there you're into the realm of like kind of the unknown, uh, which is the supernatural. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, there are like a thousand and one possibilities as to how God might allow someone to see something, you know, without having that person interact or that that being that is manifested interact with particles of this life. I mean, it, it just totally could happen. Who knows how it could, but it just, who's going to say it can't? It's crazy. Um, it could be a something that God does in the mind of the person. I mean, I'm not saying that's what happens, but that's just one smidgen of an example, uh, which would leave, you know, the manifestation of that being completely out of, uh, off the table in any terms of discussion, in any terms of being able to pick it up on any sort of um, measurable, uh, measuring device. And and so um, I hope that's not too abstract, but, uh, you know, basically what I'm saying is even on subjects that like you feel, I mean, I'm... Everyone's just out of their depth on anything like this. But you can't let the super scholars rule the day. And that's where philosophy does come in. You've got to be able to think through what they're saying. You've got to be able to come back at it. You've got to basically uh, connect the dots uh, and, and make sure that they're, they're not sort of taking a leap. Just thinking well is part of philosophy. Um, now, it could be that 
Cox would come back and, you know, not that he would ever <laughs> listen to this, but, you know, imagine he came back and said, well, no, I meant this and, and push back on what I've said. And that's fine. Um, and maybe I've misunderstood something and that's also fine. But let's just say that, you know, if I've understood it correctly and go and check that out for yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just there's a classic example of making an assumption uh, and then going ahead and, and overreaching with your conclusions uh, in ways that you just can't do, actually. Um, and I was surprised to hear that because that interview, um, what, what struck me the whole time is that um, he's very willing to admit things that physics can't answer and uh, that really move more into the realm of the, uh, the philosopher or the engineer, even, you know, when it comes down to practical outworking. So I thought he was very good with that. But as is often the case, um, when it comes down to matters of spirituality, when it comes down to matters of truth, uh, it's just things get all crazy. And uh, the Bible has an explanation for that. Um, we, we just, we prefer not to see. We just, we dupe ourselves in certain ways and convince ourselves. Um, but it's just, it's interesting to see that even when you've got otherwise razor sharp common grace giftings poured out on, upon an individual, uh, yet they can still, um, when it comes to thinking of matters the, of theology, be so blind. And uh, you actually see it affecting their reasoning process. So, I mean, that's obviously uh, often the case. Um, and, uh, and that's exactly what the Bible addresses so often too. Um, it's crazy to think that a very, very clever guy like that is actually in some ways, as the Bible says, a fool because he says there is no God. Um, it, it's, um, quite astounding to think about things like that. Um, so I, you know, go check out that, that, uh, interview. It's just a great, um, interview. Otherwise, anyway, we'll just, uh, you know, discussion between him and Joy. <laughs> it's a, one other thing is that the way, uh, it's also so interesting to me, the way that they'll be totally overreaching and dogmatic on these conclusions, uh, unwilling to even postulate that there might be a spirit that is not matter, that is connected to humanity, uh, you know, and, and in an individual. They won't even, it, I think it's a very, very reasonable thing to postulate. Um, and yet they won't even do that yet when it comes to like, you know, finding alien civilizations and, uh, you know, hey, what's going to happen with humanity? Wow. Just the, the roof goes off, you know, it just at the end of the day, they just speculate all day and all night and they just don't put the same sort of delimiters on themselves and they don't put the same sense of confinement on their reasoning. And they won't have it's just a telltale sign like, oh, wow, uh, if there's nothing on the table and if there's no accountability, then, you know, let's let's go wild. I, I just the whole time I was thinking, imagine they were just consistent with the kind of openness they had even to finding, um, you know, they were just convinced basically like we're one of many different civilizations, <laughs> you know, that have lived in, in different galaxies and solar systems or, or at least um, star systems or, or whatever it is. And, um, uh, you know, just have assumed that to be a, a given. Uh, and yet, when it comes to the idea of God making the heavens and the earth being a spiritual realm and a physical realm uh, that he has created, uh, nope, nope, can't have that. Um, just impossible. Why, though? Because physical uh, measuring devices or, or uh, particle measuring devices can now see everything that they can see? Come on, that's crazy. 
yeah, I hope I missed something because um, that's scary. So there's the, if you want to put this in some sort of philosoph- philosophical category, in many ways, that's the pre-Socratic um, view of the world, um, trying to see everything within the realm of the universe, the naturalist, the um, closed box theory, and uh, refusing to see anything beyond uh, that which is uh, we, what we would call the created order, when we know that that is the, exactly the problem. And so, anyways, um, lest this becomes a three-hour soliloquy of my innermost ramblings, let me stop it there. I will see you tomorrow for 1689 Saturday. <laughs>